Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Today I share the microphone with other art podcasts based in Florida. We begin with the story behind the word podcast. We share current facts and statistics about our listeners from reports by Edison Research and Nielsen. And best of all, we introduce you to the voices of four podcasts that explore Miami's contemporary art and culture. Good morning. We are live streaming from Jolt Radio in Miami, Florida. And if you're watching on Facebook, which you're welcome to do, which Facebook page are we on? We are on Art Table Florida's. Art Table Florida's Facebook page. We are live streaming there. They welcome us. You'll find Alex Nunez in the studio with me as part of the Art Table clan. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Also in the studio, Alette Simons Jimenez. Hey, Kathy. Hi, Alex. <laughs> and Kristen Solier. Good morning, everyone. We are here today to talk about art and culture podcasts. I have with me in the room women working in this field and it's pretty exciting. I'll just introduce Fresh Art International first because I'm the one who invited everyone here to tell you why this is important to me to have this conversation. Our podcast and radio show explore the world's diverse cultural landscape at the intersection of digital media, sound art, and social practice. And we share voices from Miami across six continents and the Caribbean archipelago. Today, I am thrilled to introduce you to what's going on in Miami, who is making art and culture podcasts here, and what they sound like, where you can find them, when you can listen, and much more. So you just met my guest. Christian Portilla is another art and culture podcaster that can't be with us today, but will be sharing her point of view and introduce you to her podcast during today's show as well. So what is a podcast? That is a question that I answered in the Uber on the way here because my driver had never heard of it. So I thought I'd just talk about breaking it down to like where the word even came from. And I found an article, of course. Google search is so great. This guy named Ben Hammersley in a 2004 Guardian newspaper article first mentioned it by rattling off a lot of possible names for this new medium, the pod, all based on the iPod, which was the original place people thought of listening remote. And then the cast part taken from radio and the idea of a mobile platform for radio. Of course, you can now know that there's audio podcast and video podcast. And so iPod plus broadcast equals podcast. And back to the original question, what is a podcast? I'm sure you each person in the studio has had to explain what it is. How do you explain what a podcast is, Alex? The radio on your time. Okay. Stress-free talking about really, really relaxed conversation, talking about what you do and whatever news is relevant to the theme of your podcast. So no pressure of being on the air talking live, like right now, for example. Right. <laughs> the opposite of this. 
the this opposite. Is stressful. Of, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're going to do great here with us. How about you, Kristen? Just to add to what Alex was saying, it's a show on your time. And I think the important part is the niche subjects that podcasters cover from food to animals to art. It's very custom. Right. We're going to talk about some of those stats about podcasts in just a minute. I'll give you the formal definition that I looked up. A digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or a mobile device, typically available in a series. These three women and I and Christian, we are creating a series of conversations that we're sharing in a podcast. So the podcast itself is a podcast, and what we share each time we produce one is an episode. This is just all the primer, you know, just podcast 101. The installments can be received by subscribers, and of course, we're welcoming you to all subscribe to our podcast. Three of us in the room work here on Jolt Radio. Spoiler alert, Alex is about to start presenting a show here. So let's talk about the stats. I did some recent research, 2018 stats on podcasts. There are over 500,000 podcasts in the world right now. They're produced in over 100 languages. And there are over 18 million episodes. And we just have a fragment of those represented in this room. (laughs) 44% of our listeners in the U.S. have listened to a podcast. 80% listen to all or most of each of the episodes that we take the time to create. And many of them listen to at least seven shows a week. The profile. Well, listeners, if you're a podcast listener, it turns out you are loyal to us. And you are professionals, generally, who know and work in technology that know how to use the tools, even though it's a pretty simple tool. And you're also rich. <laughs> I don't know you're, about so many stats you've got. Oh, you're going to love what's coming up in next. Culture. You're rich gonna, in culture. Rich in culture. That's me. Always <laughs> rich in culture. This is another cool thing. 64% of you listening to radio are familiar with the word podcast which I think is funny. And that's up 60% in the last year. So podcast is becoming like a really, I mean, we know it because we're in it. But for people that don't know it, and like I said, one more person learned what a podcast was this morning, about 20 minutes ago. 16 million people in the U.S. are avid listeners. And most of you listen at home still, even though you can listen to podcasts in your smart car because there's an app native to most smart cars now. Here's some really random stats you are going to love. 53% of our podcast listeners drink beer. (laughs) Okay, good to know. 57% of you have babies. No. You're trying to figure out (laughs) what's that go together. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, listeners. Yay to the first stat. Well, because because they can't get out, they they're stuck. But they, you ha- you have children, right? Yeah, but I'm talking babies. Baby, babies. They buy oh. baby food. Okay. That's it's a weird stat. Hey, that's a trend. Fifty-four uh, percent of our listeners eat cereal. Oh no! Did you know that? 
I'm looking at our demographic here. We have children, but the two of us. So it was 50%, like you said. Yeah. 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 It's true. (laughs) 56% drink juice. 51 drink bottled water. Okay. Our listeners drink bottled water. They don't drink water from the tap. How are you getting this information? <laughs> yeah, I got it from an online <laughs> survey, which I will add to my website today just so people can see this. It's very funny. I would love and to hear if this describes listeners right now. <laughs> I know. Purpose? I wish the listeners... Are you if holding you holding a baby, drinking uh, juice? <laughs> or Sephora. Yeah. <laughs> or Sephora. Yeah. Or Sephora. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Apparently... Many podcasts, as you know, if you listen a lot, they're financially solvent in a way because of the ads they're including in their podcasts, which I find a hard time listening to myself. But apparently 69% of the listeners have become aware of new things that they can consume or enjoy or appreciate through the podcast ads, which... You know, I'm still trying to think about whether I want to do that. Got to love that target marketing. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. There's not a lot of information about art and culture podcasts out there, except a recent listicle, and I have to say it's a little shout-out to me. (laughs) (laughs) There was a recent listicle on Medium.com that Paul G. Jackson wrote. He's the communications director for the New Museum in New York. And he wrote this article about the golden age of art podcasts and said he's been listening for 11 years and finally he feels like there's a lot of content being produced about art and culture and he's really happy. And he posted a list of 30 that he listens to and thinks are notable and Fresh Art International is on the list. I was so happy. That's my first after doing seven years of work to actually find myself that I know of. There are a couple of places I know I've been mentioned, but I'm going for more of those top listings, and I think we all should. But let's talk about now why we create podcasts. Why are we doing this? What's important to you about it? While you're thinking, warming up, I'll tell you what Christiane said when I spoke to her last night. Christiane Portilla couldn't be with us. She's a journalist in Miami, and she is meeting interesting people all the time and writing about them. They're doing such cool projects. And she kept thinking that more people needed to know about what they're doing. And especially what she finds herself doing is making connections between the people she's meeting and other people doing things that she thinks they should know about. So that's her role as a connector. Her interest is art and culture and lifestyle, talking about the human experience and community. I got a quote from her, which I thought was really good. The journalist that I want to be is someone who brings out the human experience in the stories I tell. I love that. How do you follow that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Christian, we don't know what to say now. We're speechless. I wanted to kind of eliminate some of that opacity in the creative process. Walking around museums when I was younger, I wanted to imagine what these artists were doing when they were making this work. And then it became like a selfish way of me gathering sound and a reason to get into other people's studios and engage in art on every level. So it started when I was in grad school wanting to talk to other people and you know, really exposing myself 
with what they were doing and what they're listening to and a great way to like see what was going on and make a cultural snapshot of the contemporary art scene around me. I love that. For me, I was seen as a writer, less and less publications were covering art. There's less of an archive of contemporary art practice. And I wanted to think about podcasting as a way of creating an oral history of contemporary art, same way. But my interest has been for many years, the international platform for curating, writing, and now podcasting, hence Fresh Art International. Instead of calling it the Contemporary Art Podcast, Fresh Art International gives you an idea. It's fresh, it's new, it's important to me to share it, and it's important to document it in an archive that anyone can access. For me, it's very important, the public access and the learning opportunity that I have for myself making it and for sharing it. How about you? I guess just to give a little background, my show, Kidnap for Dinner, I feature conversations with creatives about disorienting moments and fears and failures in the creative process. I wanted to create a podcast or a platform that allows other creatives to not feel alone. I wanted to demystify the creative process. And so I think the audio platform is a really accessible medium. Perfect. I like that. It is. I love that it's accessible. And radio pushes it up a notch because we're getting random listeners. Radio, it's more like public art in a way that you happen on it maybe and learn something you didn't expect and maybe then become a follower. How about you? What motivated you to get started? Well, I've been in the arts for many years, <laughs> but I've also always found myself gravitating towards making community around me. Like, I have an issue with being an artist in the sense that to make art one really needs to be isolated in the studio and working. And I truly believe that from experience. I know that to be true. But there's also the side of me that loves community and loves to connect with people and enrich my day and also enrich my own work. So I found myself at a time in my studio in between big projects that usually overwhelm me and take over my life. And I said, well, now I'm here. Tons of work can be done, but I'm feeling really isolated. So I said, okay, I got to get people in here. And on a tip by a very close person to me, they said, oh, my God, do a podcast. Everyone wants to hear the back behind the scenes conversation that goes on in studios between artists, between art people. I didn't believe that person, but I'm very happy doing it. And it really is a wonderful way to connect to my own community that's around me. That's so very important to learn new things. I think it's an educational tool for people that listen. I'm hoping that a lot of younger people, maybe starting out in the arts, in any field of the arts, because it's not just artists, it's curators, poets, writers, collectors, museum people. So there's a very rich field out there to document them and get the word out to other people that want to know. Very cool. Well, since you've got the mic right now, this is Alette Simmons Jimenez. Alette is an artist. Her podcast is Art and Company. You described it to me informative, witty, candid, an arts podcast based in Miami delivering unscripted conversations with creative people who drive and contribute 
to the burgeoning art scene here. Hidden gems and Miami's best art makers, always a special guest or two. So tell us when you launched. Actually, quite recently, April 2nd, I believe, was my first aired podcast this year. So she's really gotten started. I think she's been collecting, I know, conversations for years now. I started, I believe, learning because there's not a huge learning curve. It's actually, like Alex said, it's very simple to get in the know. I'm sure it's actually very difficult and tricky to get good at it. <laughs> but to start out, the learning curve is pretty easy. So I just ran with it, and I think I have been getting better and better every time and you know you just learn on the on the go i think it's important to tell our guests because there's different places you can record a podcast where are you recording your conversations i invite people into my studio it's not always the case because sometimes i travel and there's someone that i know an artist or an arts administrator person that has a great info for my community at home and i think they might be able to find an opportunity if they know about it but most often it is people from my community and I invite them into my studio where I can try to control the situation a bit there as far as getting good quality recording and um, getting better at that too but in my studio right in the middle of the studio I have a table that I dedicate to that. How many episodes can we find? I just launched last Monday my episode 7. Bi-weekly. And where can people find your podcast? It's pretty much everywhere. It's on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and then that gets picked up by many others. You'll yeah. find it anywhere you go to listen. Yeah. That's the way I describe it. If you search for it, Art and Company Podcast, you'll find it. Is it Art Ampersand Company? It, I write it out. Art and Company Podcast altogether. Art A and Company right. Podcast. Okay. Very cool. Do you also have it on your website? Well, there's a dedicated page on my website, but if you Google artandcompanypodcast.com, it'll take you right there. Super. Let's hear from Art and Company. Welcome to Art and Company. I'm Alette Simmons-Jimenez, a Miami visual artist and your host on the program. Thanks for joining me in my studio near the center of the Miami art scene as we talk to the people who drive and support the arts that shape our community. Here's today's episode. Paolo Bugiani is quite the historic person. He's, hold on, 83 years old. I was really fortunate that Paolo was in town and my good friend Jaime Pina was able to grab him and his wife Cynthia and bring them by the studio. We sat down and had a candid and amazingly relevant conversation about his life and career and the friends that crossed his path. One of the most important determining factors of success or achievement in the art world comes from creating true, sincere friendships with your peers. And I'm with uh, friends, Jaime Pina, Paolo Bugiani, and Cynthia Sarto. Good? Okay. I want to start off with, with you guys telling me about your experience with friendships. Do you think so, Jaime? Do you find uh, that to be true? Absolutely. I think one of the most exciting things about life is precisely friendship. And uh, uh, we that travel in the art world tend to be especially lucky to have very, very special friends. 
that are all super creative and um, a, so I absolutely agree friendship is is, uh, is a key part of, uh, of living in the art world yeah that you actually stole my last line You're kidding. <laughs> that, <laughs> but that is really one of the most I think rewarding parts of being an artist Paolo tell me you the same yeah, I met uh, Jaime in a party in New York it's like uh, uh, the automatic uh, reaction when you feel somebody become your friend. Uh, you can eat, meet 100 people and you don't feel that way. It was very interesting. He was just arrived from Miami to New York with a dress like Miami people. <laughs> and it was one of the most freezing days in New York. So I, I and we to, went from his studio in Soho yeah. to Central Park in bicycle. Yeah, oh, in bicycle. Oh my God! In freezing weather. Uh, with this, and you're with, with a t-shirt and no, no, <laughs> I had a light jacket. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's a life by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Many times but, in his life, I think he's <laughs> alive by accident. We went over that uh, experience. We become more friends. Very, yes. But I think in that time we want to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> You're in Miami right now. I'm leaving tomorrow right. because You're I was planning tomorrow. to make some crazy things. Because I I'm feel part of the street art, even now they make uh, very strange uh, decoration. The meaning of the street art mm. is you're supposed to. Uh, surprise people with some important message. Not making a beautiful decoration, it doesn't mean nothing. So that is like a, to show a good you are, genuine yeah. with the one single message. He said much more than many of these artists, they spend days and days painting. Art & Company is recorded in the studio of artist Alette Simmons Jimenez, that's me, located just north of downtown Miami, where I record, edit, and produce all the episodes. Thank you for sharing that. Paolo's a very interesting person. He's a Guggenheim Fellow, and he was on the East Village in New York back in the 80s, like a super involved person person that he had stories that episode i'm saving it for a while a couple more weeks but that episode is in, incredible the experiences he's had at 83 years old still working still showing that's awesome yeah. well let's move on to Kristen kidnap for dinner what a title <laughs> i know you're gonna tell us if we have time that comes from a dream i believe i read about it yes and you're a communications professional who loves storytelling. I can tell by the way you work. Your show is a radio show here on Jolt that becomes a podcast. You're interviewing creatives, as you said before, about disorienting and disturbing moments in the creative process. I think that idea of vulnerability is really important for people to feel comfortable with. Tell us how you came up with the idea? I went through my own kind of disorienting moment maybe two, three years ago 
that really just caused me to question my creative purpose. I had an art gallery at the time. It didn't work out because of a relationship and also just wasn't a good partnership. We had very different visions. And so getting out of that situation, I was also going through a divorce with this partner. So in that moment, I felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. And what I really wanted the most or craved the most at that time was conversations with other people going through maybe not the same situation, but moments where they were questioning their own purpose. How do you move forward? And so that planted the seed for the show Kidnap for Dinner, which is very much about absurd moments or disorienting moments or just anything in an artist or designer or other creative's career that caused them to question themselves. And so I just talked to John at Jolt and he was very welcoming to have the show on Jolt and here I am. Super. So when did you launch this show? I launched last February. I've been doing one show a month because it's not something I do full time, but would love to. It's still kind of new, not as new as Alette's, but it's still developing. How many episodes do you have so far? I want to say around 20. And when is your show? The live shows air every first Tuesday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m. And then soon after they become part of the archive. Right. I'll share the recorded conversations within a week or two after the show, and you can listen to all of my past episodes on kidnappedfordinner.com. Your website is kidnappedfordinner.com. Now we're going to hear a recent conversation that you had with a local artist. Yes, with Carol Jazar. Carol Jazar. Listen now for Kidnapped for Dinner. Kidnapped for Dinner, conversations with creatives about the disorienting moments, fears, and failures in the creative process, and the very missteps to success. I mean, I cannot say that there is an aftermath of the event, because it's an ongoing event now. Right. And the, the event is to, is to awaken, mm-hmm. and to be alive, really. I mean, I was alive because I was living, and I was on two feet walking, but I was not truly, truly alive really and that's what I realized this experience made me realize that uh, Mm -hmm. I was not really living
Kristen, thank you for sharing that. Now you've got us all very curious because you know that Carol Jazar talks about the incident or the event. What was the event that changed her life? So a little background, Carol Jazar was known for her gallery in El Portal as a curator art dealer. And a few years ago, she went through, we could say the immediate event that caused her to change her path was a breakup with a significant other. And through that experience, she just needed to isolate herself and go back to creating work. And she realized that her true purpose was to create, to be an artist, to write, to create collages. We just featured on Twitter this morning. I tweeted out her little drawing about Mm. being at the crossroads of art. It's beautiful. Check Fresh Art International on Twitter and you'll see one of her works. She takes photographs and does drawings and she is a big supporter of the local community even though she doesn't have the gallery anymore. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It was a wonderful conversation with Carol. I was very grateful for her being vulnerable with me. I think a lot of people can relate to um, going through those moments where you realize that you're not fulfilled in what you're doing and Sometimes it takes a certain event or disorienting moment to push you to where you need to go. Absolutely. And you can listen to the entire conversation on Kidnap for Dinner, by the way. So next, Alex Nunez, the Sunday painter. She moved here from New York, which is where she started her podcast She started in 2016 to, as she describes it, shine a light on local talent and peer into their sacred creative process. Bi-weekly interviews, collage of sound, and artists invited to storytell through selecting a set of soundtracks to play during her show. And I haven't had the pleasure to have that experience, but I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, you're coming up next. Sunday Painter, as anybody would know, is kind of a dig to anybody that's like a hobbyist artist that only works on Sunday. I started at KPIS FM about October 2016, and we'll have our last episode this Sunday. I'm going to start at Jolt in August, but we've done over 100 episodes. I originally had started with a lot of New York-based artists, and then I moved down here, and it was a way for me to like get into this creative community. I haven't been in Miami in 10 years, so that kind of network was really scary for me. I think more terrifying than actually moving is getting that artist database and, you know, bouncing off of creatives. So I kind of wanted to continue that, and this was a reason to do that. Probably half the episode is music that they're listening to, so I also DJed in grad school, and this was a way to continue that going. So Alex loves music. I believe in this clip we have Kennedy Yanko, Katie Gegenheimer, and Stuart Scott and they're just basically talking, uh, these are like blurbs from like the last year of different episodes. So where do you record with these people? Everywhere. I do enjoy going to the actual studio so the work is in front of us. I've done out of the country, in the station. But for majority, it's site visits, whatever the artist is comfortable with. I feel like if you're in their space, you kind of get that homey vibe. I interviewed yesterday Angel Garcia. She had a place in Little Haiti, and it was really cool. It ranges from people I've known for a long time to, like, yesterday was the second time I met her. All the conversations are completely different. I think that's really important to know that you'll hear a lot of variety 
in the conversations and the styles no matter where it's recorded because artists and culture makers have their own styles. You said about over 100 episodes, and she's about to join us on Jolt Mm -hmm. as one of the hosts here. Where can people find your show? Oh, God, I'm a social media psycho. So like everywhere online, we have sundaypainter.net. We're on Mixcloud. We'll be coming up on the Jolt website, Instagram, the underscore Sunday underscore painter, mainly sundaypainter.net. You can find and stalk me everywhere. Let's hear what your show sounds like. All right. Back by the beach. Still going to bring the heat. This is the Sunday Painter. And I'm your host, Alex Nunez. This quote that I think about uh, in terms of being an artist, actually one of our professors, this amazing, like epic art historian, Dory Ashton, said, um, if artists aren't the ones feeling the most, then who would? I'm paraphrasing, but I just thought that was like the most beautiful kind of epic quote, because I was like, oh, it all makes sense. And she always talks about, I mean, all different artists, like Gustin to Leon Golub to Nancy Spiro, all of them. She's like, yeah, like that's our responsibility as artists to feel the most. So I'm taking that responsibility really seriously right now. (laughs) I'm feeling so much. (laughs) Sunday Painter began broadcasting in 2016. This program became a platform to shine a light on local talent and peer into their sacred creative process. Weekly interviews have granted access to inspiring creatives working across multiple mediums. This podcast is a collage of sound that mirrors their current motivations, ongoing projects, and upcoming shows, allowing artists to storytell through various tracks. So my time in the studio kind of goes with me everywhere because I'm, de- I'm deciding where something's going to go next and then I do it and then I'll look at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm in there all day. I'm in and out. I live upstairs. Like, since I was a kid, I had a studio. Like, my, when I was painting when I was really young, my studio was at my home. And I, li- I like that. I liked being able to come down like 12 and just look at things and, you know, not put pants on. And, like, <laughs> they don't care here. <laughs> they don't care. They know me. Artists are encouraged to invite a guest to collaborate with them on a show, forging new connections in the creative community. If we, we don't even have to go back, but we can go back. And I think it's always been an intermix of artists and musicians and writers. Um, and I think more evident when you think of the Velvet Underground and the relationship yeah. that they have with Warhol and the making of the album and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's not the first. That's always been there. It's always been there. Where it gets a bit complex is in this now contemporary culture where images are being disseminated so quickly and so fast that at times we may not know where an image originates or who really owns that image. And it gets interpolated, I can say now, interpolated um, into sort of contemporary culture via the media. And I think it's important to, at times to know where the source comes from. And there's a lot of imagery and a lot of um, ideas that are being developed, especially when once video, you know, visual video becomes such a strong component of the music, they really originate in the creative process of very specific artists. You know, there are moments when I think of Vanessa Crawford and her work, um, that how, and I see this being sort of that same sensation being used in video, that I cannot help but, you know, know that I, I as an artist know where that image 
or that imagery originates from, and yet it's being used in a video, and there's no, I know that there's no, you know, no sort of relationship acknowledging where that imagery is coming from. Yeah, I think it's like, I think where things get really sticky is when we start to feel like things have been co-opted, and I think yeah. it's, it's a way that, you know, it's kind of a sixth sense, like, you know, like, you know there's collaboration, yes, collaboration. And then there's something that just feels a little like off-putting, and you know, and you should be honest with that feeling. Like, this doesn't make me feel. This doesn't sit well with me. Thanks for listening to Sunday Painter. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore Sunday underscore Painter, or on Facebook at facebook.com/sundaypainter. Listen to our previous episodes on Mixcloud, www.mixcloud.com/sundaypainter. Check out our site, www.sundaypainter.net. If I can interject with a little blurb. Yeah. Um, Juana Valdez and uh, Sheldon Scott were the last two that you heard on that little snippet. I actually met Juana because I invite people to collaborate. Elia Alba invited her on, and then she ended up, I had a studio across the hall from her, so I met her virtually on the show, and then in real life, and then she did a second episode. So the show's like a great gateway to continue that artistic community, even if it's not in real life in the flesh. I love it. I think it's a great idea. And I like the multiple voices. You know I'm into that. I think the next person we need to hear is the woman who's not in the room. Shout out to Christian Portilla with Meet the Mondays. She is interested, and her coverage in writing is culture and lifestyle. She follows trending topics that connect with community. That's particularly interesting to her. She launched her podcast in 2016 ahead of her Jolt show, which she launched in 2017, 27 episodes, the second and last Mondays, 7 to 8 p.m. on Jolt. And you can listen on RomeFreeWrites.com. She's soon setting up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's a work in progress. So I think we'll move along to hear the first few minutes of a recent show, which I love, called Shut Up and Be a Man. This world we live in, that we happen to find ourselves alive during, is full of activity. There's things going on all the time. Now that we have greater access to seeing them happen in front of us, it gets confusing and sometimes painful. But in the end, love sets it all free. So that's love. That's the only answer. I'm your host, Cristian Portilla, and I'm in the studio with Johnny Socos, Thaddeus Shorter, and Miguel Pichardo for today's show titled Shut Up and Be a Man. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you you all for being here. How was everyone's weekend? Really good. Wonderful. Lots of family time. (laughs) Yeah, family time. So this weekend was, yesterday was Earth Day, Mm -hmm. 
And then Freddie was 420, so Mother Nature was raging this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> One time for Mother Nature. Yeah, Saturday was uh, Record Store Day. Saturday yeah. was Record That's Store busy, Day busy. for the culture. Yeah. Johnny for the culture. <laughs> and uh, please introduce yourselves to our listeners. Johnny, you can go first. I'm uh, Johnny Sokos, uh, born and raised in Queens, New York. Um, writer, artist, um, father. <laughs> Uh, currently, uh, one of the owners of Cream Parlor here in Miami. Um, ice Cream Noir, what? <laughs> Represent? <laughs> the Ice Cream Noir. Yeah. Awesome. Much love, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you this for being exciting. here. Thaddy, introduce hey, yourself. I'm uh, Thaddeus Shorter, the man of many names. <laughs> Some of you know me as Wolfman Style. Some of you oh. know me as... Thaddy Zaddy. Zaddy Daddy. <laughs> um, born and raised in the city formerly known as Carroll City. Um, and... A professional wrestler slash lover slash rapper slash everything. Nice. Yeah. And Miguel. Uh, Miguel Pichardo. I'm a like Johnny, a Queens native, but I right on. was born uh, in Queens, but I was raised here in Miami. Um, currently working with South Florida Cares. That's a nonprofit, national nonprofit, the local affiliate here. We go into different um, opportunity and alternative schools throughout Dade. Um, to teach um, youth different things like social emotional awareness, mm-hmm. um, coping skills, job training, things like that. And uh, the majority of the students I work with are young males, typically high school age. Okay, awesome. Thank you all for being here. Yeah. And so, all right, I was inspired, as you all know, to bring up this topic because there was an article that I found on NPR um, titled, Guys, We Have a Problem, How American Masculinity Creates Lonely Men. And the journalist basically was reporting that different studies suggest that middle-aged men in America are suffering depression in silence. And because basically he says that um, masculinity dictates that men cannot or should not be vocal about their emotions Mm -hmm. and so he also brings up that um as we increase in age it may be harder for men to create bonds and friendships with other men and women um and not to say that i was extremely surprised to read this but it was like something that i dawned on me i would kind of like to go deeper and speak on this with the men in my community That was Christiane Portilla. She is definitely into conversations about culture, a recent one about living biracial. She has invited different individuals that are art makers to talk about gender identity issues and challenges of being transgendered in the world. Today, she's not afraid to tackle difficult subjects that are beyond straight about art, but more about our cultural landscape, which I really appreciate. And that leads me to mine, just a little recap, art podcast and talk radio. And my interest is really strong in terms of a diverse cultural landscape. I really am interested in presenting a lot of different perspectives. And to do that, I travel. I think my practice as a curator and writer and educator informs a lot of my decisions about how I want to organize my show and what kind of archive I want to create. I did become engaged in a podcast at a moment of crisis, just like 
Kristen as her life was changed when my position disappeared. On January 4th, 2011, I became a cast about type curator with no physical space and tried to imagine what it would be like to curate outside a gallery, outside the scene. I was competing with much younger people for jobs. I didn't know where my place was anymore. I'd never had applied for a job. It always opened up before me. I had just this golden career, and I wasn't expecting to have everything vanish, and I had to realize I'm a creative person. I need to create a way to contribute and learn and grow in the field. And one of my friends said, you should be a podcaster. You should do a podcast. And so in 2011, I launched it and became a roving podcaster. I didn't live anywhere in particular for two and a half years until I moved to Miami. 2016, I started the radio show here with Jolt. I really want to talk about what you just created and what's up next. Meet Them Mondays, we just heard with Christian Portilla. Her next show is with local writer Leah that goes by a girl in her 30s. And it's going to be a cautionary tale type story, a conversation based on real life experiences, the shared cultural experience of being burglarized and how that turns your world upside down. And you will listen in on that to hear more. How about you, Alex? What's your most recent episode and what's coming up? Sunday Painter recently got the Wavemaker grant. So looking forward to making programming for that and end of the year exhibition with all the artists that are, I guess, from now until next May. Programming with Soho Beach House, doing another Records on the Rocks pop-up where we do a panel, pop-up show. Angel Garcia is my most recent interview. She's a local artist slash tattoo artist in Little Haiti. And I just had an amazing time. It was, you know, supposed to be half an hour. And it's an hour and a half we were talking and just like really just being a jack of all trades and what that is in the Miami community of just not being an artist, but having multiple hats. That's cool. So the length of your show, the format is an hour, but I will post sometimes extended episodes on the Mixcloud page. So she gave me, let's say, like 40 songs. We do Spotify playlists, and it's just really an amazing place for me to, like, hoard all the music possible because, I mean, I'm in the studio for eight hours on the end, so I want to listen to multiple things. That's so cool. Alette, what did you just produce, and what's coming up next for you? Uh, Last Monday, we aired our episode number seven, and that was three guests. Francine Bierbrecher Rosenschweig, who's a curator here in Miami. She was involved with an artist from New York who had a show here in Miami with the screening room and Rhonda Mitrani. The artist's name is Jessica Mitrani. She did an amazing multimedia exhibit in the screening room which involved film and video and objects and and some performance and photography uh, it's called traveling lady and it's her own personal translation of the life of ellie bly which was a journalist back in 1887 it was super interesting and coming up we have community within community and i have two lovely ladies that are friends of mine from the French Arts Associates here in Miami, Sophie Blachet and Hélène Philippecki. They're going to be talking about creating a French community that hopes to open doors to the French 
people living in our area to what's going on culturally in Miami. Super. Kristen. You guys did hear a little preview of my last show with Carol Jazar. Coming up, I'm going to be interviewing Jason Fitzroy Jeffers, who is the founder of Third Horizon, film collective focused on the Caribbean. And he also recently started a radio show called Foggy Windows, which focuses on R&B. And he asks, why do people not slow dance anymore without giving too much away? He'll be talking about a very specific moment that inspired him to create these projects. Very cool. Well, talk about intersectionality. I just did a program with Jason. It's called Caribbean Arts Remix in Miami. And it covers the Caribbean Film Festival that he founded, which is coming up this September. My own most recent, Jenny Larson, a dancer-choreographer based in Miami who has presented two performances called Searching for Arctic Winter. My next show on Jolt also will be in a publication called Exhibitions on the Cusp, will be Where Art Meets Activism, and it is a compilation of new conversations and archival conversations from Fresh Art International's podcast coming up soon for podcast listeners. There will be a tribal meeting of podcasters in Philadelphia this July called Podcast Movement, and I will be speaking there in a fireside chat with the podcaster and NPR radio personality, one of the Kitchen Sisters named Nikki Silva. I will be giving more information about that coming up. We have had a tremendous show. I hope you've gotten excited about Art and Culture Podcast, that you'll follow these people. Alex Nunez with Sunday Painter, Ala Simons Jimenez with Art and Company, Kristen Soulier with Kidnap for Dinner, and Christian Portilla with Meet Them Mondays. We are thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Super fun show. We are live streaming from Jolt Radio in Miami, Florida. It was great to have these art and culture podcasters in the studio. You can hear Fresh Art International episodes anywhere you go for podcasts. It means a lot to know you're listening, and thanks to followers like you, we have been sharing stories about contemporary creativity since 2011. As Alex mentioned, Fresh Art International is also a recipient of the Locust Project Wavemaker Grant, and we're already putting it in motion. We also are supported by the Knight Foundation, and that's why it's a perfect time to invest in this platform. If you go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button, Give what you can, and the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation will match your contribution. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for being with us here. And keep listening to Contemporary Art Talk.